of the things that had happened to me in my maiden phase was still trapped in my body and that by working with someone that can help me access those was that was the part that gave me freedom as a mother to start understanding what my role was as a mother and that all the other roles I was doing were a choice. My theory is that it begins and ends with the mother. We're the ones raising the children and what I'm finding in my daughter is that how I am is how she is. Welcome to Soul Sisters Get Real, the show that goes deep in who we really are and why we are really here. We're your hosts, Karen from the States and Eleni from Australia. We've had heartfelt conversations as soul sisters for years, and we're ready to share our truths, stories, and life lessons with you. And to inspire you to connect to your truest essence, which resides deep within your soul. There'll be tears, there'll be laughter, and there'll be no holding back. So sit back, relax, and let's get real about the things that truly matter. Hello, beautiful people. So excited about today's episode. We are talking about the natural cycles of transformation from maiden to mother. And so women are cyclical in nature, and yet we've never, ever been taught to honor these cycles. And what this means is that we are unable to take our rites of passage in this busy world, which leads to frustration. This leads to an energy that is very much of the overwhelm kind and it impacts our children, it impacts our kids, it impacts our whole family. And so we're going to be talking about an expert in this area. Her name is Brooke Lumsden. She is the upcoming author of a book called Mother's Medicine and she's going to be talking to us all about cycles and maidens and how we deal with overwhelm how do we connect with who we really are in this busy world so welcome Brooke I'm so excited that you are with us today so first of all just tell us how you actually came across this topic of oh my goodness women are cyclical in nature and we're all stuck in the wrong cycle because we don't allow ourselves to connect back to who we are because we're so busy so how did you discover this um really for me I was getting very frustrated um when I became a single mum I I can't wear all the hats I couldn't work full-time I couldn't be a mother Uh, I, I wasn't doing any of those roles well um and so I started looking for a sister circle to support me um and I was fighting with my mum a lot as well like trying to get some support um and, you know, as all parents, when they arrive in their elder elder years, they want to be off doing their own thing. And I, as a mother, I was really needing support. So I went to seek that support outside, outside of my family unit. And I began to discover that there is a whole nother way of living as a woman. So traditionally, um, I was taught that from high school, which is when I'm in my maiden phase. The maiden phase goes from like teenage, my first bleed all the way through to mother, which is around 20, 26 ish, but it's not specifically for age. Yeah. And so traditionally we're taught that we go through high school, our cycles are high school and then our cycles are then university. And then it's let's get a job. 
And then from getting a job, then we become, we go find our partner, we become parents, we raise our children, and then we retire. That's what society tells us is our traditional cycle. But as a woman, we cycle every month, like from every month that we have a bleed. So from when we become a maiden, no longer a child, we bleed. And within each month, uh, within each moon cycle there, we have four seasons within that one cycle. So we notice that straight after our bleed, we come into like a summer cycle. We've got most energy. And then as it progresses closer towards our bleed again, we go through summer, autumn, then winter. We start to hibernate right before my bleed. And then as I bleed, it's like this huge release. So for women, we go through a death rebirth every 28 days, if that's when your cycle is. Um, And because of the world that we're living in right now, We are taught as a maiden that we need to be busy. We're overriding our cycles. Um, We're given birth control to override our cycles. And what that's, some people even skip their cycles. We're completely dishonoring um, our instinctual nature and our natural nature of being a cyclical human. And so once we're finished in our maiden phase and we've we've gone and got our job, this, this phase is meant to be us discovering who we are. I'm meant to know within a maiden who I am as a woman. I know what my crafts are. Um, I've sat with nature. I've played. I've met lots of different suitors in this in this era, and and I'm now now are about to come into my cycle of becoming a mother. Do you find that this day and age, as women and men are getting married young later in life? There's a little more space for that because I know when, when I got out of college, I got married right away and I feel like I didn't have that exploratory space and stage. Do you feel like, or do you think that there's a little bit more of that now? People are getting back to that. Like, let's get to know me before I get married and have children. Yeah, I do. I definitely do. And, and also what I'm noticing is a lot more people are choosing not to have children. So they're not necessarily preparing to come into a mother phase. They might be birthing businesses or they might continue the exploration of who they are for a lot longer. But in that discovery, part of the discovery of the maiden is to understand what what makes me up, is to understand that what I've learned growing up in the child phase from my parents is what I'm carrying now as the lens of what I look at relationship through and that's relationship with my friends. So usually what's passed on from this phase is sisterhood trauma, whether it be in the in the family unit with sisters and brothers, any trauma that's occurred there and the mother and the father, what was their relationship like? What was their relationship like to each other? What role did I play in the family? So I might have, I was the eldest child for me. Um, and when my parents separated, I took on the role of the other parent. And so that changed my lens for all my relationships growing up, which I didn't find out till much later. But this maiden phase is supposed to be about addressing all of those things and discovering self-identifying um, before we go into mother and create our own our own world, essentially. So from the maiden, then we arrive at the mother phase. And the mother phase is, this is, a lot more external. It's about more about service. So finding a suitor to procreate with um, and then raising children and then being part of community. Then we've got like mother's clubs. We've got, you know, school things. 
So it's a very outward journey. And um, a woman is in full bloom here. She's once we've gone through the birthing rite of passage, whether it be businesses or children, once we've nurtured a baby through the portal, um, this is when we're starting to tap into our instincts, our instinctual nature. We're really knowing who we are. We're really, we offer all the empathy and the compassion and the love. And, and we, we overlook and we can see where things need to be changed to make a more harmonious community, whether that be just in our home or in the school. I find a lot of mothers really contributing to that, to that part. So this phase here, we've got our, like a lot of energy in this phase as we're, because we're spending a lot of time on other people. So the biggest part in this one is for a mother, where does a mother go to heal? Where does a, how does a mother fill her well? That's the discovery of the mother is how can I be in service and still keep myself full? Um, and so in the current society, what we're seeing now is that the mother is doing all of those roles for community, for the home, um, in schools. And it's not, it's not particularly being valued for that because also then the mother's working usually half full-time, part-time. Um, a lot of mothers now trying to run businesses, be entrepreneurs, all on top of a role that's designed to be full-time. So we're seeing a lot of women having a lot on their plate at this stage and a lot of overwhelm. The current trend that I'm seeing at the moment is a lot of women being diagnosed with ADD and all sorts of stuff at this at this phase of life, not just teenagers, um, very overactive, playing a lot of roles, a lot of hats, and a big uh, a lot of um, postnatal depressions, all of this kind of stuff um, surfacing. And in the current system, what I see with the doctors is that it's it's a lot to do with medicating and how I feel for it to be. And I'm not taking away from from any of those things. Like I'm. I'm pro whatever works for you, but it's just a contemplation of if 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 we could be with our natural cycles and if we were just doing the roles that that we were meant to be doing at that time, how would that change our quality of life? And just by knowing that, would I still think that there is something wrong with me? Because a lot of my mother era was about what's wrong with me? Why don't I want to stay in this nine to five? Why am I finding it hard to do what everyone else is doing? This is weighing down on me. There must be something wrong with me. And I'd go into the mental health system and they would say, okay, well, you know, you've, you've probably got depression. Well, you're anxious. Well, what does that mean? What does that mean? How am I in a world that's filled with anxious and depressed people like, and the solution is medication and uh, speaking to someone? So um, in that journey, my own personal journey with that, I did find somatics. And working with some to, to understand that all of the things that had happened to me in my maiden phase was still trapped in my body. And that by working with someone that can help me access those was that was the part that gave me freedom as a mother to start understanding what my role was as a mother and that all the other roles I was doing were a choice. And of course, every choice that I made had had a payoff or if I didn't want to work, I'd have no money. Every every choice that I make has a fallout and it also has a pro. It either creates space or change. So, Yeah. So quick question around that. When you started to realize this and learn this, you mm -hmm. still had to fulfill certain roles, but it was the awareness of it 
that helped you to move through the being stuck in it. Is that correct? Yeah, the awareness. It was what was happening was as I was learning these things, I was like, oh, it's not just me. What I was hearing is it's actually all the women around me. And I'd speak to my sisters and I'd be like, you know, I'm hearing this. I'm hearing that we're cyclical and that we're overriding it. And then, you know, another woman would say to me, wow, that makes sense. And so what I was, we were collaborating and then it was kind of, we knew it was happening, but we still kept doing it anyway. And then slowly, I guess I exploded at some point. I went, okay, I've got to change my relationship. I can't, I can't continue in this anymore. We're not going to this in the same direction. I want to, I want to breathe aliveness and life into my life. And so anything that wasn't that began to fall away as I started to embody the natural cycles. And I didn't, I did do a lot of things. Like I traveled to Peru and started working with shamanism. I traveled to India and started learning yoga. I was getting a lot of tools that helped me on that. But what I realized is that I didn't need to do any of that. I just needed to know who I was. And I got Mm. all the information from different places. So now what I'm doing is I want to bring it all into one place so that women can understand who they are without having to go around the world and getting little bits of information. So it's definitely facing each other and hearing each other in circle reminded me who I was too, that my story, as unique as it is, also I could hear it in every other sister that was speaking. Beautiful. What you talk about there, Brooke, is that first of all, you were aware and that's what happens when we come across change and we realise that something is a bit off. We, we become aware of the situation and then we start integrating. You, you got some tools and you worked it out. But for those, let's just go back a little bit if we can cycle back. For, for, so we have a lot of teenage girls that come into our clinic here in Melbourne who, um, you know, who are out of sorts right from the very beginning. So first of all, how can mothers help their daughters who are in those teenage years to be more connected to who they are from a, you know, cyclical perspective? Mm. Well, my, my theory is that it begins and ends with the mother. So mm-hmm. we're the ones raising the children. And what I'm finding in my daughter is that how I am is how she is. So mm-hmm. when I'm connecting to women's circles and I'm getting information from other women about what they're cycling through, and it's not just the maiden mother crone, it's like what we're cycling through collectively as women, that, that supports me to know who I am when I'm supported to know who I am, I then can support my daughter because I'm not just trying to figure it out. I'm informed. I'm informed on who I am and um, it's reinforced by, by what everyone else is doing too. So if I sit in a circle with other mothers and they're like, my teenage daughter wants to go on birth control, let's have a conversation about that. Well, what is birth control? Birth control is regulating hormones that are a natural cycle. If our hormones are out of balance, why are they out of balance what food are we eating like even the water the things that are polluted in our tap water slowly over time can change our hormones as women the food that we eat what food is injected with it can change our hormones over time and what i've discovered through detox is that 
toxins build up in the system over generations and get passed down through the baby. So there's no real way to know when a child is born, how their hormones are going to go. It's not generic to one person, but it's not about putting things in for me now, like putting medications in. It's about how effective I am at removing what is in the system that's making the hormones go, whether it's gut health, whether it's detox. And I feel that those things are the place we need to look at first before we go to a solution that is a chemical-based inhibitor or um, anything that's changing hormones and overriding the natural cycles. Because someone that's in their teenage years is young. Their, their, their trauma is less than someone that is, you know, older as well. So there's a good places to work with that stuff. What childhood things have happened to them? And it can be a hard thing for a mother to face because there's a lot of self-responsibility in it. It's like, we didn't know better. I didn't know better. But now I still have to deal with my child that's telling me this thing was a bad thing for them and I was there for it. I was like, ah, was I doing my role as a mother? So it can be confronting to to look at life in this way, but it is the way. That's that's what I'm saying. It's the freeing way. It's the truthful the truthful way to come back and align with the truth of what's in the body, the truth of how we arrived here and the truth of who I am. So how does society keep us stuck in that, um, in that busy, busy, busyness and that we don't see these cycles, we don't honour the cycles because we are stuck in this hamster wheel of busyness? How does that happen in society? Well, if you look... If you look at our life, um, it's already been pre-planned for us, right? So we're born into the world and what would you say our natural cycle is? You wake up, you, 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 you're a baby, then you, you know you have to go to school. The parents are telling you the whole time, you've got to go to school next, you're going to go to school next. And it's okay, well, what high school are you going to go to? What hobbies are you going to do? We're only given options through this much of a lens. Uh, it, the society program is just on repeat, cycling over and over again. Where in school, where in in our lives do they say to us, hey, let's talk about your first bleed and the honour it is to become a woman, that you are gifted the organs that can procreate life, that every cycle that you go through, you Maybe maybe you're not depressed. Maybe you're just sad because you're about to start your bleed. Maybe you're sad because of something that's happened to you a long time ago and every time you hear that song, it triggers it in your body. Mm. We're never taught about our body, and which is the home we live in. This is the home I live in. You know, a lot of the work I do with the maiden is to go in and have a look at, like, what is the state of my maiden? Where does she live? Is she in a cave? inside of me what is she wearing I start looking at what she looks like through my lens of like that young girl who didn't know better in her innocence why is she in tatters why did I put her in rags there's a lot of programming in there from nursery rhymes that someone or or, um Disney movies that someone's going to come and save me and I'm sleeping Mm -hmm. beauty and I'll just stay asleep until the prince comes to kiss me and I don't have to think about anything because I'm going to get saved. So there's a lot of subliminal programming that's going on growing up that we don't need to use my awareness when I know this is who I think I am. I think I am the rest of society. I think I am a body. And then I realize, oh, there's so much more to me than 
what I've been told. Um, and the rebellion of a teenager is them going, hey, mum and dad aren't God. I can see the flaws in this system. I want to I wanna break free from this and I want to know who I am. And we go, no, get back in school. You go learn. You get the best grades you can. That's what's going to set up your future. But whose future is it? Like to go and work in an office from nine to five for a lifetime? Like I do not want that for my kids. I have them out in the wild. I see their innate nature. I see their gifts. How do I anchor that into this society? And it's not to deprive them of these nursery rhymes or or to say society's bad and it's trying to kill us. No, no, it's not that. It's the awareness piece of like, you tell me what you're really feeling and thinking. So I've started recording my daughter and asking her, what do you want parents to know right now? What's it like for a 10-year-old in the world? And she's giving me all the wisdom and the gold that I need. So um, I guess from that, that place, we, to start asking the children what they see rather than just hitting play on the program that's already been set. So you saying, Brooke, are you saying that, because we have, you know, a lot of um, teenagers here who the reason their parents bring them here and it breaks our heart is school refusal. It breaks our heart that they're forced to go to school. So what do you do in a society where, well, you know, one must go to school um, but the child is, has no interest in going to school? How would you respond to that situation? Mm. Well, what sort of school are we sending the kids to? Like what are their talents? What do they love? Every single human being has talents they have passions, they have things that light them up. Like, I mean, I'd love to come and sit with these kids and have a conversation and see what comes mm. out. But, yeah, yeah, like, again, I believe that the parents, like the parents getting the support that they need for this, which is not reliant on the system that keeps sending them back through the cycles. Um, there is lots of program, nature-based programs, camps that kids can go to and I can mm -hmm. give you some uh, links to put in the show notes that I can get that for you later. Awesome. Um, yeah. Also, yeah, like nature-based stuff seems to be the key, but these 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 children are overriding their cycles and they're loaded. They'll be loaded from their childhood. They'll be loaded from what's in their body and the constant pressure of social medias and um, the, the pace of the world is only speeding up of like, who am I, who am I, who am I? And I've got to, I've got to be someone now. I want to be famous. Instagram. There are so many extra pressures that these children had. That what we, what, what I would be recommending to do is to peel back the layers. They're like an onion. Now we've got to peel off all of the things that they've picked up in their short life so far, and help come back to their core, and then help them access again what what is innately theirs. Is like, what is your passion? Do you like music? Let's sit down and play the guitar, doing mm -hmm. things with the hands, using the voice, singing, starting to activate. Um, and the diet is a huge piece. When our body is shut down, if we're putting sugar in there and we're overworking the organs, that that starts to suppress our connection with, with each other, with nature. Um, and there's a lot of scientific uh, backed thesis that have been done on on what like the shutting down the numbing of the body through through 
things that we're unaware of, like soft drinks, coffee, food, not saying don't do it, but there is a balance. And it's, that's, that's what the role of the mother is, is to constantly balance everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The same as the earth, constantly balancing ecosystems. So like, yeah, to peel back those layers, to start, we want to get to the core of the child, not find what's wrong with the child. There's nothing wrong with them. They're, they're, they're just, they've forgotten who they are. And I can't, I did too for nearly 40 years. So yeah. It's but like, just peeling back those layers. Like, like you said, it starts and ends with the mother. And so really the work has to start there because they're the ones that are the example. Yeah, they're the ones that are leading. And, the, and also the, the, the ones that are giving the life and raising the children. So anything I'm thinking and feeling, I don't know if you've experienced this, but you can feel in the house when the mother's not happy. You can feel in the house when mama's walking around singing her song. My kids, like, I, I, I am the highest frequency in the house. How I am is how this whole house runs. That's a big responsibility. That is a big responsibility to take full responsibility for how I am, how, how well I can regulate myself is, is how well my children regulate themselves. Um, and I, I give my kids permission too to say things like they call me dragon lady. They're like, mum, you are being dragon lady right now. And I'd be like, okay, what do you need? Like, go, like they'll send me off to go regulate. I'd be like, go regulate. Like you, you're affecting my space. You're making me feel sad. You're making me feel angry right now. I feel not heard. So I've, I've opened up a dialogue with my kids to, to be able to name what they're saying without us turning into teenagers going, listening to me you know <laughs> well you're not listening to me and so just really empowering each other to speak to it. it's like hey I feel and I say to the kids I feel really yeah. unheard right now I feel so unheard can you please pick up pick up your socks off the floor and put them in the washing machine you know and and if I say that three times now I can just come on um we still have our sputes but at the same time it's been able to open up the dialogue for them to start communicating how they're really feeling rather than just going, well, you're the adult, so, yeah, numbing out. That's where we start to numb out. Yeah, absolutely. And what we know is that, like you said, you know, the, the energy, the emotions, the feelings of the mom is always felt by the children. And so it is a huge responsibility for us. And I can say as a young mom, because I was a pretty young mom, I mean, I was 22, 22, seven, I think actually, but I feel like I was younger than that. I didn't know myself well enough because I, again, didn't have the time to explore and learn about myself. And so therefore I was not a very patient mom. When I really look back, there are so many things that I did as a mom. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I behaved like that. I said that I lost it like that, that I would never do now at my age as a mom. But, um, I put the energy there, right? So like I think about how my boys are sometimes and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I created that. So it's about the awareness mm -hmm. of us and how we are responsible for the energy of the house and, and how our children see the world through our eyes, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a beautiful point. Karen, like imagine you had this conversation back then when you were a mother, like how, yeah. what difference that would make. And what I, what I want mothers to know is that if you're hearing this and you're feeling guilty, this is not what this is about. Like you, you were never told who you were either. You know, no one's teaching this stuff. 
No, we're not growing up as women knowing who we are and making bad choices. That's the mother's guilt and take, we, we are really quick sometimes to take responsibility for things and then shame ourselves. That's, that's not what this is about. This is about identifying who we are as women and then making the change now within ourselves. So now we can go to the children and go, hey, I'm so sorry. I just realized I was such a grumpy mum, and I just want to honour that it was not your fault. That changes the cycle. And that changes the cycle for our children as well. It's like, yeah, to to be able to at any point when I realize what I've done to ta- to to take their take the responsibility for it. Then, like, this is not shame. This is changing the cycles. So, yeah, I wanted to speak to that that piece that the mother's shame and guilt cycle also keeps us enslaved into not knowing who I am. It keeps me numb into thinking I'm not good enough. Um, mommy's guilt oh my gosh like right like nothing is like mama's guilt it is oh it's crazy huge huge for me yeah. that's, that's the biggest 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 piece is that women carry on their shoulders is the guilt and shame of not being good enough as a mother because we just have this instinct that we have to be like so perfect and the best but like you said Brooke we've been conditioned from program not to know who we are so we haven't worked out who we are and then we raise children um, still not knowing who we are. And so in order to to break that cycle, what I heard you say was that first um, we need to just be really honest with our feelings. Like if we are feeling that, you know, we are overwhelmed to express that, to make that expression okay, to feel into what's going on with us. Why am I feeling overwhelmed? Why am I feeling distressed? And to express that to our children so that they understand this is the way I'm feeling. Could you just give me a hand and do this for me and put the socks in the washing machine, like you said, or whatever. And the other piece is to remember, this is really important what you said, Brooks. I just want to repeat it for the listeners, to remember that you have the whole, you're, you're responsible for holding the highest frequency in the house and therefore um, if you're grumpy, if you're a grumpy bum, then that's the energy that you're bringing through the house. But if you're singing and you start the day differently and you center yourself and you, you know, you, you, you go into yourself and connect in with yourself, then everyone benefits. Hmm. So what else, what else can mothers do to shift that and break that cycle? Well, I want to say that once you start this, it has a ripple effect. This is this is this is changing like generational trauma essentially. Of like we're stopping passing the cross from one person to another. If we see every burden a mother carries as a cross that we're carrying on our shoulders right now, and what we do is when we get angry, or when I get angry, what I used to do is like go, okay, who can I give the cross to? This guy drives past me, and you know flips me the bird while he's driving or he's yelling at me and I'm like, oh, and I react. I'm like, here, have a cross. He's giving me one of his crosses. We're passing on all of the anger and the guilt. We're just waiting for something to come and trigger it. And then I'm like, oh, it's your fault. It's your fault. Is to know that these crosses, I can put them down. I can put them down. I don't need a trigger. I don't need someone to remind me that they're there. I need to go and sit with what I have with support. So 
to find someone somatics for me works really well someone that can go into the body and talk to the 10 year old self that can talk to where the anger comes from from ex-partners or for me I went for a long long season of blaming the patriarchy for all of my problems the masculine structures of the world only to discover that the mother birthed them right <laughs> so it's like there one one there is not one half to blame but where when I started to feel like I was starting to blame other people to to go and get support for that whether that's a guide there are many amazing coaches for me traditional psychology and I, I've done all of that but once I started hitting the body and and discovering all of the things that were still locked in me that that were still making decisions for me as an adult without me knowing because uh, it was too tra- traumatic for me to face or I was too embarrassed usually to face them. I knew that I was suffering, but I was so embarrassed to say I was suffering and didn't have it together that I just kept playing it out, playing it out. Um, that that's where, that's where I would start. That's where I would go. I love it. And we're empowered when we're not blaming, we're not blaming men, we're not blaming the system, we're not blaming the programming. We're actually saying, hey, we birthed this, let's reconnect to our power because there's nothing more powerful than than, uh, the divine feminine and let's just connect into who we really are and that is so magical. You know, one thing you said, Brooke, about um, bearing crosses, it's something that I hear a lot, I heard a lot growing up which is, well, that's that person's cross to bear. Oh, that's that mother's cross to bear. Like, you know, a, a person has a drug-addicted adult child. Well, that's her cross. And so it's like this saying that I have actually grown up with, which is that we have to bear the cross. We have to hold that cross. We have to be the martyr. And what you're talking about is, no, put that freaking cross down. You do not have to hold it on your shoulders. You do not have to be burdened. You can... Free yourself from that whole experience. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, and that's, that's even interesting because when you think about even like Christianity or spirituality is they talk about putting your burdens down at the feet of Jesus or laying your burdens down. And that all just kind of cycles in. Yeah. It all cycles in. Mm. Wow, what an interesting conversation, mm. Brooke. Uh, there's actually so much more to this, obviously, and so we're going to put the the links to links below. But we have got a question for you, Brooke, that we ask every single guest at the end of every episode. So this podcast is mm. called Soul Sisters Get Real, and I know that when you talk um, as part of your language, you very naturally use the word sister. And um, what does this mean to you? Because Everybody else we ask, well, what does get real mean to you? But for you, because I know that you use the word sister when you're speaking to to your soul sisters, to what does it mean to you? What does sisterhood mean to you? Yeah. Sis- sisterhood is such a beautiful thing. It's the ability for me to recognise to recognize us as women and the cycles that we go through, no matter where a woman is in her cycle, um where a woman at is in her life that we share one thing together and that that is the feminine which is a great mystery and together we walk together exploring this great mystery honoring each other 
acknowledging each other and and helping each other along the way. This isn't a soul quest. This is this is the quest of of of, of many. Um, and the discovery for each is unique. And to have the blessing to sit with a sister and hear what her journey's like is to me that some of the moments where I feel the richest. Yeah. So the sister the sisters need sisters. That's what I'm hearing is we, we need <sighs> sisters around us. We need, we need women. We need other women in our lives and those that we can relate to and share our stories with and learn from, connect with. 100%. I mean, I've spent a lot of time solo questing, but I never really know who I am until I'm sitting in a group of women. Mm-hmm. They show me the pieces of me that I've forgotten, that I deny that I wasn't willing to look at, that I forget to celebrate. It's like the full spectrum. When I look at another woman and I can see myself in her and also the unique gifts that she has, I feel alive and I feel connected. I love this. Yeah. I love this. And it's it, it's a beautiful place to finish, but I'm just going to quickly say something because I just had an aha moment. <laughs> I had an aha moment in that conversation, which is that, through all my life, especially when I was in corporate for 22 years, I actually used to love the fact that all my friends were males. Like I hung around with the guys always and um, I never really connected with the women in the workplace. I'd go to drinks after work on a Friday night at the pub with, with my mates and I really actually, you know, like was proud of that, that oh, I'm not into like girls, I'm, you know, I've got friends that are guys that were more like relaxed, they were more like jovial, we had more fun and um, that was because I was really sitting in my masculine and so now when I have rediscovered and reconnected my feminine, the, the friends in my life are largely women and that's who I do spend my time with now and it's just, that was just an aha moment. I completely forgot about that part of my life, Brooke, until you said, you know, how joyous it is to to sit in that circle of women and to be supported by women and to support other women. So, Brooke, thank you for bringing that to the world. Thank you for um, being that sister that supports other women. Um, You really, I have felt firsthand what it feels like to be supported by you in, you know, my most vulnerable time. And so I'm very, very, very grateful for you and the work that you're bringing into the world. It's so needed for women to understand who they are what their cycles are, to be compassionate towards themselves and to others. So thank you, Brooke. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me here, sisters. So beautiful to collaborate with you both. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you loved it. And if you did, subscribe to the podcast. We would so love it if you write us a review and share it with your friends. And remember, always connect to your truest essence. And choose love. We'll see you next time.